You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison. At Nola Jake on Twitter. Back with you all after a week of guest hosts last week while I was at a conference for my real day job and unable to record. So hopefully you all got a nice little break from me. It's been basically two weeks since I've been back with you. But I'm back now. Going to be back the rest of this week, the rest of this offseason. That will bring those guys again back on to maybe do some co-hosting duties and things like that during the year when I need a break or have things come up, which is likely going to be more this year. But besides the point, happy to be with you all here, even though we're in the dead period of NBA basketball. Free agency in that rush is kind of died down. There's nothing else really going on. You'll get the stray signing here or there, but nothing really big, nothing that we need to necessarily devote a huge amount of time to barring some sort of major crazy trade. Um, And, you know, that's probably not going to happen, at least for a little while for the New Orleans Pelicans, if it does it all. So we've got to fill time, which means we get to get weird on here. We get to have some fun with it. I can be a little bit more relaxed. It doesn't fit into the normal kind of flow and everything of the podcast where we're just recapping what happened the day before, being daily, letting you know what you need to know and getting you on your way. So we'll dive into a number of different topics here and things like that as we get the off season, like the dead period of the off season, truly underway. But we're going to talk about a couple of things today. First, we got a quote from Anthony Davis uh, talking about how surprised he was when Boogie signed with the Warriors. You got to love this quote, and I'm going to read it for you guys. I also want to talk about LeBron James. He unveiled his new school um, in Akron before heading out to Los Angeles, and I just love this, as you should as well. This is exactly what you want to see from a guy like this and shows how impactful sports can be, these players can be, when everything is done Right. And then because I've been asked a lot about this kind of recently too, and it comes up a couple of times every year, I'm going to tell you guys a personal story about myself and how I got involved in doing this podcast and just the sports media in general, and maybe give some advice to people looking to go down this path. Vice night not be what you're hoping for, but still. So a couple of topics. We'll probably keep this one shorter as the rest of these will be, and we'll probably be at three days a week right now, something like that. Um, So let's just kind of dive right on into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So Anthony Davis and his quote, and this was to complex.com slash sports and Angel Diaz was the interviewer. And the question was, how surprised were you when Boogie signed with the Warriors? And I'm going to read the quote here from Anthony Davis. And he says, I mean, I'm happy for him. He did what he did. He chose the right team for his career right now with his injury. I'm assuming. I wish him the best. I wish the best of luck to him and we'll see him three, maybe four times this year and try to beat him. Now he's the enemy. Anyone who's not on the Pelicans is an enemy to me. He went from a teammate to an enemy. That's the end of the quote. This is awesome. Basically, this is exactly what you want Anthony Davis to say. It shows you how committed right now he is, right now we say, how committed right now he is to this Pelicans team. He's not thinking about his friends, and he and Boogie were very close, and I don't buy into the whole, well, Davis pushed him out thing that's kind of being passed around, because I know where the source of that information came from, and I don't 
It's not that I don't trust it. I think that's just as biased as, say, Marcus Spears um, repeating things basically coming straight from Cousins. I'll just leave it at that. So I don't like that that stuff that's being passed around. Well, you know, of course, Davis was consulted on it, but he said he was surprised when this happened. Doesn't mean he wasn't angry or not angry. It's just he was still shocked because this isn't something you can prep or plan for. And it's not like the Pelicans could have pushed DeMarcus Cousins out of there. They tried to resign him. We all know this. So besides the point, um, but you've got to love this. He's not focused on friendships or anything other than this team and this team winning. So he's not going to take it easy when he steps on the court against anybody. Now, We've said all of that. There is a slight dig here at DeMarcus Cousins in it, which is pretty awesome. And that's where he goes. He chose the right team for his career right now with his injury, I'm assuming. It's that little slight dig of I'm assuming. Maybe this isn't the right move for DeMarcus Cousins for his career, for his injury. And, if, you know, if it's his career, maybe it's he needs more money or wants more money. Something like that. The I'm assuming part is what's kind of funny in there because it kind of hints at that DeMarcus Cousins made this move out of spite and did a little, you know, one of those things where it's cut your nose off to spite your face, took less money to kind of stick it to this team, this Pelicans team, even if maybe this wasn't the best decision he could have made. There was more money on the table for him from the Pelicans, from other teams as well. So it's kind of funny that this is how it ended up working out. But you've just got to like that it shows AD is committed to this. It's not, you know, hey, whatever, it's cool, we're fine, this is a business, I understand. I wish him the best of luck, but now we're going to try and beat him. And he, it's, it's not even that, it's just he's an enemy to me. That's what you want this dude thinking. You don't want him looking at this situation with DeMarcus Cousins and be like, man, I wish I could go and win a title with the Warriors like Boogie's going to do. Or I wish I could go join the Celtics and make a real big run in the Eastern Conference like they're about to do, like maybe the Raptors are going to do, or anything like that. He just goes, screw all those people. We're going to freaking do it here, and we're going to do our best, and we're going to try and win, and we're going to try and beat everybody. And you've got to like that when his future is constantly being debated whether there's any validity to that or not. I think this is exactly the type of attitude you want to see. So I dig it. I love it. And this is awesome. And just shows you his mind's in the right spot. He talks about loving New Orleans, loves emeralds, loves the food, loves the people, says it can't be beat. He says all the right things. And of course, everyone before they end up leaving their team says all the right things for the most part, you know, until they start making trade demands and start saying all the wrong things if you're a fan of those teams. But it's never really come out of Anthony Davis's mouth. So you've got to like what you see here from him. And hey, during a dead period of the NBA schedule, it's just kind of nice to get that little bit of reassurance. You know, there's nothing wrong with being in a relationship with someone and going, hey, you know, I'm kind of in my head about things right now. This is freaking me out. I know it's being stupid. Could you just reassure me? That's a really good thing to do, by the way, if you all want some dating relationship advice. If you have those moments, don't freak out and just sit there and stew. Just go and talk to the person and get some reassurance. Well, Pelicans fans who are in this kind of weird relationship where they are so madly in love with Anthony Davis just got a little bit of reassurance from him right there. And I think that's definitely a good thing. So another thing you like to see, and I don't really like to get political on here, but I think anyone who kind of follows me on Twitter or hears me on here when I do get into it on occasion, and I really like to stay out of this stuff, it's not my thing, knows where I lean on whatever it is, whatever scale you want to use or anything like that. But I want to talk about LeBron James opening up his new school in Akron, the I Promise School that he just opened up, opened its doors, I believe yesterday, it's opening the doors this week to third and fourth graders, basically some of the most at-risk kids 
kids in his hometown of Akron. And this is a wonderful thing. He built the school. He's kind of designed everything. He's been involved with it entirely and basically came out and said that this is the best accomplishment of his career, the most meaningful accomplishment of his career. This is a guy who's going to go down as maybe one of the, it's not maybe, is going down as one of the two best players in NBA history. In my opinion, number one, I put him over MJ and we kind of lived in Chicago during the six titles that he won there. So I'm very familiar with both of these guys. And if you go and pound for pound, LeBron's probably the best player ever, at least that I've seen this in depth. And I watched a shitload of Jordan, I will tell you that much. So it, it's pretty interesting to me to watch this guy give back and just kind of do all the right things. And this, of course, comes on, you know, not, not on the heels, not necessarily in the wake of, but, you know, they're still kind of attached to the boat. The, the whole thing he had with Fox News and then them telling him to shut up and dribble. Well, if he just shut up and dribbled, you wouldn't have this school opening up and him doing this great work and all the other charity work that he does. It doesn't really get reported, but he's donated at least $1.1 million to his actual high school that he went to. So that's a nice thing to see, too. You don't want these athletes to just shut up and dribble and not take a stand on things. It might make you uncomfortable, but they're doing these things largely for the right reason. I don't think anyone's really going to try and argue with LeBron on this one that opening the school is a tremendous thing. And that's why you don't want anyone, whether it's LeBron James, whether it's any athlete, let alone any of the sports writers that some people like to take shots at when they get political and things like that and just do their job or stick to sports. You don't want to just stick to one thing because it prevents a lot of really good things from coming out of it as well. So look, just not, like I said, not jumping into this is not my thing, not what I like to do, but props to LeBron James, you know, like I said, not what I like to do, but you definitely want to point out when good things are being done. That is something I do and we can all do. So awesome for LeBron in doing all of this. This is something I'm going to be watching, not closely, but keeping an eye on, let's say, to see how this progresses as they fill out more grades in the school. It's just third and fourth graders right now. Read the story. Look at the work he's done. And anytime you want to take a shot at LeBron for not being the greatest, look at the off-court impact that this dude has had as well. Because when we talk about legacies, we mainly just do look at the on-court stuff, but the off-court stuff can be far, far more impactful. And again, just Simple props to LeBron on everything he's done here. So as always, the Locked On NBA podcast rolls on, even in, in this dead period. We're going to have some fun on there too. John Corrales and I, who co-host the Wednesday edition, we're going to kind of just get weird and silly with it because why the hell not? What else are we going to talk about right now? So let me know what things you want to hear on this podcast on Locked On NBA. Maybe we'll throw some things out there if we think they'll be fun or interesting to others. And I like talking about just random different things. And again, it helps us break up what's normally a pretty structured podcast and fits kind of its role really well. But then we get to experiment and try new things and maybe some work and maybe some don't there's gonna be a shitload of things that don't work and that's okay so we're in that period where we can experiment and try and make this the best podcast again fits its role which you guys know what it is at this point so make sure you let us know as always listen and subscribe to the locked on nba podcast monday through friday five days a week but we are going to get a little bit personal with me here on this podcast. And this is something I get asked a lot. And this kind of came up more recently to me last week when someone asked me why I kind of make some of, I don't, I don't want to call them appearances, but do segments on podcasts or radio 
that aren't the most popular podcasts or radio uh, stations or programs to listen to? And why do I take the time out of my day to kind of do that sort of thing if it's maybe not going to give me the greatest rate of return on the pod? It's not like some of those places are feeding into this podcast and therefore, you know, bumping me up because of it. But why do I do this anyway? And I'll give you a reason why. And we'll go into the story also of how I ended up doing this and kind of covering this Pelicans team, having my own podcast and the progression that went through there because I kind of find it interesting. And a lot of people do ask me how that happened and how they can kind of break in to do this and do this for a career. So first things first, I don't, this isn't my career. I don't do this full time. It's never been a full time thing to me. For the longest time, I worked for Capital One in finance down here in New Orleans and did all the sports writing on the side. And then I had some other stuff that I was doing in the meantime. And now I, I think I've told you guys enough here that I work for Tulane, my alma mater, and just do this as a side hustle still and have continued. But I always have had a full time job. And when you guys hear me sound burnt out, it's because I'm working that 40 plus hours a week. This takes a significant amount of time, plus the Locked On NBA podcast as well. On top of another side hustle I do in the film industry, it's to be a lot. So the reason I got started in this is I really do just love basketball. After college, you know, I'm from Los Angeles, grew up a huge Laker fan. I've written a piece how I've transitioned from the Lakers to the Pelicans in terms of fandom. Um, search that one out if you haven't read it. It's over at bourbonstreetshots.com. That's actually one of my most well-read things there, most read things, whatever. So after college in 08, not easy to graduate during that time, worked retail doing various things and was basically broke for two years and then managed to get the job at Capital One, which actually paid me decent money. And it was fun. And I didn't have many expenses, expenses being, you know, soon after out of college. And one of the things I wanted to spend some of the now spendable money I had uh, was on Pelican season or then Hornet season tickets because I love basketball and figured this might be fun to do for a year. And they were cheap. And I bought two and they ended up giving me two more for free. And that deal has since been grandfathered in, then cut kind of in half from it. And then now it's fully gone. Um, so instead of having four tickets, I'll have two tickets for this year. But you guys know, you know, I still sit in those same seats in the Smoothie King Center. I haven't moved sections or seats my entire time. I think this is going to be my eighth or ninth year with season tickets, something like that. I'm not, I think it's not going to be nine now. So it's been a long damn time that I've been doing this. But for that first half season, I just went to games, enjoyed talking with people, kind of got involved with the online community. I made a Twitter to follow my favorite writers about the Hornets so I could be the smartest basketball fan possible during that time. Jumped in on, I think it was then Hornets report, I would assume, um, and you know read the different things and was kind of active in various places. And then kind of one day, I just decided I should do this. I should write about the team. I liken it to if I'm an English major, so that also kind of had a thing with it. I've been a writer in various other aspects too, and it just seemed like something I should be doing and putting my skills to use that I have had. I also just thought I was a pretty damn smart sports fan. That's part of it too. Um, and I liken it to a story by Haruki Murakami, the um, Japanese, yeah, Japanese writer, who's one of my favorite fiction authors of all time, where he was running like a jazz club, I believe, and I'm going to butcher the story. He's a big baseball guy, and he was watching in a baseball game and someone had a hit in some inning and he just had an idea like an epiphany a moment of clarity that he should write a novel and he did and now he's an acclaimed novelist because of that and one of my favorites and it's just sometimes you have these moments where it's like I should do this so I did it and a lot of people have these moments but they don't go do anything from it but I did I found then swarmandsting.com it doesn't exist anymore it was the fan-sided one or whatever 
and asked if I could write for him. I just sent a cold email saying, hey, look, I know you looks like you need some people, you need some help. And they basically said, yes. And that was James Grayson, who I'm still friends with to this day. We worked our asses off there for very little page views. It was like under 200 a day per thing we were throwing up. And eventually caught the eye of other people it was then Hornets247.com. And they asked us to join because they needed some more people. And it just kind of snowballed from there, really. And I've made friends and I've networked. And we've worked our asses off. And over at Hornets 24-7, when we rebranded to Bourbon Street Shots, we worked our asses off there too, which kind of culminated in us winning the best sports blog in New Orleans category at the Press Club Awards of New Orleans. It's badass, beating out newspapers and other things like that. And there were times where I nearly had offers to do it for newspapers in the city. Let's just leave it at that. And those kind of, kind of fallen through for different various things. But also, this industry is rough and it doesn't pay a whole lot. So when I get asked how to do this full time, I always say, really think about if this is what you want. I love all the newspaper people I've met. I'm close with a lot of them. I text with them on a regular basis. There's times when they seem miserable. And as you all know with Scott Kushner, he doesn't do that full time either. It's a brutal, brutal industry. But if you kind of want to make it in this, you're going to have to grind. And look, there's a huge advantage for people who have family money or a stable income from something else, which puts a lot of people at a very disadvantaged situation. When I was broke and not making much money, I still had some family that I could rely on. They weren't rich, but you know, my parents could kick me a couple of dollars to keep my light bill on or pay my rent if I needed to at certain times, not regularly. But that kind of allowed me to be able to chase this because I had a full-time job that was paying me. I didn't need to make money off of this. I could just kind of do it at my leisure almost. But not everyone has that ability to. Maybe you have to work two jobs or something like that to be able to pay for whatever it is that you need to pay for. And then these people aren't able to write and they would be so good at it anyway. And I've met a lot of them and life circumstances just don't allow it. There's a reason that I think you see a lot of sports reporting and things like that are basically just white dudes. There's it's a privilege thing. Let's not lie here. And I'm, I'm fully admitting that I've been lucky enough to be part of that. And it's allowed me to kind of do this to the extent that I have. So keep that in mind. This is not something you really necessarily want to go into if you've got to pay rent and you can't have a fallback option and you're banking on this being the way that you make some money off of it. It's only the past couple of years that I've really had this start to generate money that actually like, you know, looks nice in my bank account other than a dollar or two here and there. That all said, I wouldn't trade this experience for the world again, because I'm in a position where I don't have to. Um, and it's been fun writing the Pelicans article for the Gambit last year was a really cool thing to see my name in print like that and other things and the friendships and things I've made have made this all worth it. And also it's kind of being fun being like I could the F minus celebrity list here in New Orleans, where do you get recognized when I'm out? And you'll see if you've ever come and talk to me at a basketball game or somewhere else, I really do try and spend time talking with people because I appreciate Every single thing someone says about this, the fact that people listen to me is kind of wild to me still to this day. But basically, you've got to get out there and you've got to hustle and grind and you've got to be willing to do it for no money, no recognition, no page views, and hope that your hard work pays off and bubbles to the top. It usually does. When I was putting the team together for LockedOnPelicans.com, I had a short list of people I kind of you know wanted to reach out to me that I was also going to reach out to them because they were smart people on Twitter that I followed and I paid attention to because they would interact with me. That goes a long way. You know, I think most of us, 
I'll speak for myself only, but I would assume people like me kind of know who the smart people on Twitter are of their followers and who the not so smart ones are. So if you interact with us in a smart, polite, I should say, way, that goes a long way and maybe gets you noticed when people are looking to add other things, other people, other contributors to their sites or what have you. So that's kind of the thing. And so I look back at a lot of people who helped me out, and I can list a shitload of names on this, of people who pulled us on to, I'll speak for Bourbon Street Shots, who pulled us onto their radio shows, their TV shows, and things like that, that helped us get the word of our site out there, that culminated with us, again, winning Best Sports Blog of New Orleans, and basically us being the experts on the Pelicans, not the newspaper writers, not the TV people, not anything like that, us, that group of guys, because of all the hard work we did. And people helped us out to build up our platform. You all want to make fun of Fletcher, but there's a re- he has been so important to Bourbon Street Shots in my career doing this anyway, pulling me on TV when no one else would take us seriously and also one of the few guys that regularly talks Pelicans on there. You guys want more Pelicans coverage? Well, he's doing it, and you guys just make fun of him. So there's a reason why I don't like that or jump into it anyway. Besides the point, though, what I'm saying is, if you want to do this, you're going to have to grind and you're going to need to kind of hope people realize it and pull you on. And you're going to have to go on radio shows that get no listens to or anything like that. But it adds some legitimacy to you so that when I can kind of pay that back to people by going on their podcast, their radio spots, whatever it really is, I'm happy to because I've been there and I know I wouldn't have made it without people doing kind of the same for me. And I'd be willing to bet a lot of my peers would agree with that. I'm going long on this. I don't want to go too long here. But that's why. So when you see those guys, give it a listen. Give them some feedback. You know, I was just on the Bros Who Think podcast talking Comic-Con and DC movie trailer since Marvel wasn't there. And it was a lot of fun. And they're out there working their asses off to try and just make this a thing because this is what they want to do. And I don't think they're, I don't know how many people listen, but I'm sure they're not nearly as worried about that. They're just going to go out and put forth the best content they can. Look at some of the guests that some of these podcasts get. And I always look, what the hell is that person doing on there? And then it's because they pestered this person until they've shown up on there, but that's the right move. And that's kind of what it takes to kind of succeed into this if it's what you want to do. And you need to be very lucky and you need to work terrible hours and have at times no social life. Trust me, I'm excited when I can drop this pod to three days a week or just get a day off. It's nice to spend time with my girlfriend that I don't get to spend otherwise. So that's kind of it. It's This is Jake's story time here, and I've gone far too long talking about myself on this. But if you wanted some insight into this, why I do what I do, how I ended up doing what I do, that's really it. Just a lot of working hard. And again, I will fully admit privilege on this. Um, and here I am. So it's been a lot of fun. I'll be excited for this season to do it. Again, so that's kind of the story there. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this, I believe, on Locked On NBA more. Maybe we'll try and bring some people on to tell their stories of how they got into it, too, because I'd be willing to bet a lot of it's fairly similar to the one I just told you guys, at least for the younger guys, things like that. So it's a lot of fun. So if you have an interest in this, just go out and do it. Write. Write every single day. Record every single day. Badger people to come on your pod and add some kind of... Uh, legitimacy to what you do. It's all very, very important. Just be smart. And also my main rule of thumb in everything, and you guys know I used to give dating advice and things like that is don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. And that will get you further than it probably should get you. Something to also keep in mind as we're now going to like life advice with Jake Madison.
All right, so like I said, way too long on me there, but we looked at that Anthony Davis quote and why you should love it just like I do. Also, props to LeBron James and, of course, my story. So thank you all for listening into the first of the real dead period offseason podcast. Well, we're just going to get into weird things like this. If you got a random-ass topic you want me to maybe talk about, tweet it at me, at Nola Jake. Um, you can email it's at LockedOnPels at gmail.com. Also an easy way to do it. If you've got a longer question, always happy to give, you know, talk to people, give advice. Again, I really try and be very giving with my time because I know people were like that to me. And I think that makes a difference and can really help. So again, thank you all for listening. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all probably sometime later this week. Not sure the exact date yet. 